I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everyone. You are now listening to the Land Great Holy Land Recruiting Podcast State Secrets with Patrick Yen, Jay Collar, and Ken James. And we are back for another edition of State Secrets, recording on December 7th, 2019. And finally, we got Ken back with us. It's been a two-week break for him. Yeah. Three-man booth. <laughs> but it's good to see him. And, I mean, recording right before, in, in just a, you know 10 hours or so, OSU is going to be competing for the Big Ten Championships. Hopefully, when you guys listen to this on Monday, we will be the Big Ten Champions. Be celebrating all weekend. Uh, that number one seed in the college football top four. Hopefully. It's on the way. We'll see. It's still got to be impressive. They can't just win. Can't just yeah. squeak it out. Yeah. Right, because, you know, LSU's going to be playing playing Georgia. But, I mean, it's being the number one being the number one team in the nation, That's that's got to do wonders for your recruiting. People yeah. want to come to number one. Mm-hmm. And with that said, I mean, we got a lot of high schoolers also competing for their own championships or have already competed for their championship so we're going to start things off like we always do with our friday night fighters and you know like i said it's it's championship season for high schoolers right now yesterday ty hamilton and pickerington central they won the division one championship in ohio over joe royer and jacob james of cincinnati elder they won 21 14 hamilton had seven tackles in the game so uh put his mark on the game for sure second time in three years pick central and it's only two they've ever won so they got something going right right now yeah and then in the D2 championship, Jake Siebert of uh, LaSalle Lancers, they won um, 34-17. He kicked two field goals in the win over Jaden Ballard and the Massillon Tigers. Ballard did have a 30-yard touchdown in the game, so he did he did what he could, but unfortunately, you know, right. ended up losing. But it's kind of cool that D1, we had three guys. D2, we have two guys planned yeah. in the state championship. It's just yeah. nice to yeah. see. And then finally... Uh, Julian Fleming, he caps off his high school year with another state championship. I think his team has won it three straight times now. They destroyed their opponent, Avonworth, from Pittsburgh, 74-7. to So, I mean, we kind of talked about how the competition's not great in 6A Pennsylvania. Yeah. And you can kind of see why, but, I mean. This is the state championship game. That, yeah, <laughs> that's a beatdown, no matter who's playing who. Yeah, I mean, man, if you're an Avonworth fan, it's like, yeah, we made the state championship, and then we got – a second place trophy. Yeah, what you got? You know they beat us by ten times their score. But uh, Fleming in the game had four catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns, including a 63 yard catch and run. So, you know what? He's still dominating against the low competition, which yeah. is good to see. Yeah. He finishes his high school career with 5,489 yards and 79 touchdowns. Both of those are first all time in Pennsylvania. Hmm. So, yeah, I think you can look at you know stuff. Outside of the statistics and whatnot, and him keeping a mindset when you're playing a lower level of competition for him to still dominate that that means he's pretty headstrong and he stays focused on the task at hand. Yeah, yeah, I think he knows that he's. It, this is all just practice yeah. for the next level. Yeah. All right. 
And according to like a lot of sources, South, Southern Colombia, they don't really throw the ball all that much. But, you know, when you have Julian Fleming, right. you have to throw at least a little they got bit. got a big-time running back, too, that's committed to Michigan, that, right? That's right, right. Yeah. They, they kind of just keep it on the ground, and they just destroy everybody. So right. it's like, why bother throwing it? But <laughs> Fleming probably played all of five plays, and then they pulled him already. Yeah, you know, Sorry, the four catches, probably like the five, you know, yeah. five plays, four catches. <laughs> like, Two right. touchdowns, yeah. All right, let's get, let's get him out of here. Don't, don't want him to be hurt. Really, right. right. Uh, but those are the guys that played on Friday. Playing today is going to be Philadelphia St. Joseph, and they got uh, Kyle McCora and Marvin Harrison Jr. They're going to be playing Harrisburg Central Dolphin. Rockwalls uh, with Jason Sikmajigba. He's going to be playing against Prosper. Sammamish Eastside Catholic with G. Scott Jr. is going to be playing Seattle O'Day, and then Ironsons Reed Carico is going to be playing against Kirtland. So all these guys are going to be competing for their division or their state championship today. Yeah, and I saw a pretty cool video of Ironton practice where they had um, Carrico mic'd up and everybody, you know, is giving a good time, having a good time at practice. But he literally played every position on the field, at least one play, and he was destroying everyone. Now, this is his own team he's playing against, so he's not trying to go out there and hurt nobody. But at the same time, he looked – I mean, they had him playing offensive tackle, and he was destroying people. That's crazy. That's just a a view of who you got coming up. Yeah. I mean, you just talk about another level of athlete in Division yeah. 5 Ohio football. and right. No, nah, maybe I am overstating myself. I didn't see him kick the ball at any point, <laughs> but I don't think we need him to be doing that. Hey, man, why, why not get him out here? Yeah. You know, we could have <laughs> the first 250-pound kicker in the league, you know. <laughs> maybe run some fakes. But All right, that's, that's it for the uh, Ohio – the OSU commits that are playing for state championships. We're going to move on to our commit spotlight, and this week's commit spotlight is going to be on Legend Cavazos, kind of a polarizing figure uh, with, within the recruiting community. Um, basic stats, he's a DB, you know, safety cornerback. He's played both for IMG Academy. Uh, six foot one, 190. He's a four-star and a .9088 composite, 259 overall, 26 safety, 44th out of Florida. Interestingly, 247 Sports has him much lower on their personal ranking. They they put him at a three-star 88 grade, yeah. and uh, which don't. also must mean then if he ends up as a .90 that other outlets are putting him much higher yeah. than that, <clears throat> you know? So what do you think is about – what do you think that's about? I don't – his raw potential, I think uh, when this – uh, class when their rankings first came out, he was a high five star, like the number yeah. one safety in the country. So I think they were going off of you know those his athletic traits, you know, projecting him to be the top safety. And I don't think he kind of reached that potential. But I, it, I don't know if this if it's to say he can't. He just he's still raw. You know, this was his first year. Uh, this is his first year at IMG. You know particularly just sticking to cornerback and playing cornerback the whole season, you know. And that's he kind of bounced back and that's forth. That's kind of what I think it is, is he's ba- bouncing back and forth. He yeah. played cornerback most of the year. Here he's ranked as a safety. Right. So I don't. they're not really sure who to compare him to. Yeah. It's kind of where they're, I think, where 247 is getting confused. And then if you look at his rankings, but then go look at his offers, all the big boys, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, USC, everyone. So it's kind of – so he's a three-star. Like, we know what he can be. Mm-hmm. So was, as we talk about every week, so was Chris Olave, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So let, let's talk about that athletic potential that, that uh, Ken talked about right there. 
He had the top spark rating at the opening Miami regionals with a 133.26. That's kind of a meaningless number if you don't know like spark too well, but essentially anything over 100 is extremely good and he's 30 points over 100. Right. He's six in the nation in in the nation for 2020. So basically in the entirety of high school football in 2020, he's the sixth most athletic person in the whole nation, yeah. right? So that just gives you an idea about how, how crazy athletic this guy is. Yeah. Uh, his his raw number is four four forty four one six shuttle, and then this this is the one that really popped out to me was a forty four point four vertical, which it's would up. have been the highest vertical at this year's NFL draft combine amongst DBs. What's also really interesting, what's really cool about this is he's he's one of these like combine warriors, workout warriors, you can call him. Not in negative sense, but he just tests out very well yeah. these type of things. So he was at the twenty eighteen opening ones, and you can just see a market improvement in all his numbers. So. I just read his his 2019 numbers 4440 416 shuttle 40. 44.4 vertical. In 2018 he was a 115 spark rating with a 45640, a 438 shuttle and a 43 inch vertical. So he improved in every single category by a couple orders of, of yeah. magnitude especially for the 40 time in the shuttle. And that's just crazy because you said based on that scale 100 is great and he was still 115. Yeah. You know that's well above, you know, 100 or so. And when you get him in here, as we always talk about, get him in here, get him Greg Madison, get him Jeff Halfley, teach him how to do things, the hope, technique the right way. Hopefully Halfley is still around. Though. I'm holding out hope. I'm yeah. holding out hope. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, yeah, just the raw physical tools are, are definitely there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what's rating him high. Now, here's what's kind of maybe rating him low. The high school career – he plays as a DB, you know, like we said, both positions for IMG Academy in Florida. And IMG Academy is always loaded. Yeah, they're <laughs> loaded with talent. He's, he sees the field for them constantly. He's seen the field for them since his sophomore year. And he's returned kicks for them. And uh, the thing is, though, it's just his numbers for IMG are not very high. I think that's a bigger accolade for him than his stats would be him being on the field since his sophomore year at a program like IMG Academy, I think that says more than his stats could ever say. Well, we always talk about, and it holds true here too, you don't want your DBs to have a bunch of stats. You don't. This, <laughs> yeah. this is meaning that the other team sees how good he is and they're not throwing at him. Right, yeah. so IMG, they're 9-1 and one this year. They're the top-ranked team in Florida. They're number seven team in the nation. I mean, their season's been over since November 1st because they don't play in any playoff games. They're just kind of like this satellite floating team. They play... All the other best teams in the nation, they right. can like custom make their own schedule, right. which is which is once again good. So he's he's doing this against the top competition, absolutely. Theoretically, throughout the numbers though, just the raw numbers, he only had twelve solo tackles and one assisted tackle in the entire season. But like Jake said, that that can be a good thing. Yeah. That means yeah. I mean he's only had allowed allowed twelve, thirteen catches maybe, um, if you would even consider that. Maybe he's coming down and run support for right. some of these tackles. I mean, the other guy across from him is Elias Ricks. He's right. a five-star cornerback. So, right. you know, they, even then, they don't seem to want to throw to him. Yeah. So Who that's got to be good. Right. Who could blame the other team? Yeah. And then, I mean, according to 247 writers like Bill Curlich, he's kind of like OSU's expert, recruiting expert. Just kind of in an offhand statement, he said he's having an outstanding senior season. Unfortunately, I mean, we're not in Florida. We can't watch IMG Academy's games all the time. I'm assuming Curlich is doing at least some of that. And if he's saying he's a, he's is he if he's saying he's having an outstanding season, who are we to disagree? I guess he's right. always been a reliable source. Yeah, it's the Dane. All right, so that's that's his high school career. I mean, you take can take the numbers for what they are, and we'll see how how he how he turns out when he comes to OSU. But 
as far as timeline goes, he committed to the Buckeyes on June 27, 2018. He then decommitted when Urban left in December 4th, 2018, and then he recommitted here at April 12, 2019. So, you know, he's clearly convinced by what OSU can, can do uh, with the new coaching staff, and, you know, why wouldn't you be? Um, and it was very important to him that OSU would allow him to run track and field here as well. That was a big deal to him. He's, I think he said, I'm not going anywhere where they don't let me run track and field. Which is good. I mean, you like to see these guys practicing. You know, we, we overlook sometimes the technique of running. These guys can improve their 40 time and stuff like that just by continually working on how they're running. And, yeah, I mean, it's also cool to see that he's that athletic that he can be a part of the OSU track and field yeah. team, right? Yeah. Like, he's yeah, that fast a, and that, yeah. you know. There's no question. Wherever he was going, he said, I want to run track. I can't imagine anybody told him no. Right. But – no matter where he wanted to go, he will be on the track team. He's yeah. that, you know, that right. good. Um, and then another kind of note, he's been a very vocal and avid recruiter for OSU. And it's just nice to see, like, guys take a lot of pride in that. Julian Fleming is another one of these guys. Yeah. But Cavazos, I mean, he's up here all the time. And if he can get into the ears of his fellow IMG teammates, that's yeah. that's amazing. And by, so, all, by yeah. all accounts, he really got into Clark Phillips here too, which yeah. helped to end up Clark Phillips – as committing to Ohio State as well. Cool. I know Ohio State is starting to form that pipeline to IMG, along with uh, Cavazos. They were in it for the longest with Ricks. Right. But they're the favorite for the offensive lineman down there, Latham, and as well GC. as – Yeah, and uh, the running back, C. Carroll. Yeah, he's the running back down there. So, yeah. yeah. So just a couple of notes on him. And then from the scouting report – he only has his his sophomore and junior year highlights on there, so that's what I, I'm, I've been going off of. Um, for me, I just noticed that he's he's willing to hit for sure. He's not one of these DBs that a finesse DB. Yeah, yeah. they just want to play coverage, and if the running comes, if the running back comes to them, they kind of just shy away from the tackle. You know, <laughs> you know, like Deion Sanders kind right, of thing. Right, he's not, yeah. he's not one of these guys. He <laughs> wants to go. He wants to lay the hit on somebody. Like a lot of people said, the form and technique just doesn't seem to be there. He, he's hitting high a lot of times, or a lot of times they do get past him, but he's just athletic enough to, you know, like just turn in like 180 degrees and just get them from behind even then. So the form and technique's not all there yet, but you hope Jeff Halfley is really going to be able to coach that up for him. One thing you can notice is that the range and the speed is definitely there. I mean, he's playing sideline to sideline. He can When he's playing that safety position, doesn't matter – where the running back is or the wide receiver is, he can always just come all the way across the field and make the play. Yeah. See, I think for college coaches, like you say, he's kind of raw. All those traits, a coach can't teach that. You either have it or you don't. I think, you know, most coaches have the mindset is, okay, just give me this to work with, this pot of clay to work with, and I can mold it into what I need it to be. And how uh, fluid they are in the hips as well. Because yeah. corner, you turn a lot. You know, a safety, you're kind of – facing one specific way so yeah I, I think it all comes down to hip fluidity all right and that's going to end it up for our our uh, commit spotlight on legend cavazos all right with that we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with state secrets i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back with our last half of the State Secrets Ohio State Recruiting Podcast. And we're going to just jump right into it with this week's new Warriors. I believe it was just one. Uh, Buckeyes offer four-star tight end Louise uh, Hansen from Massachusetts. He's the number eight tight end in the class. By all accounts, I mean, he, he was up here for the Penn State game along with like three other tight ends. And apparently for 2021, uh, OSU wants to get at least two tight ends in the class. This guy might be one of them. It's the state team, but I don't know why you would consider Ohio State. I guess it depends on what you want out of the college experience. Yeah. If you want to play for the best team and compete for championships and still have a chance to get to the uh, NFL, have at it. But if you want to get your numbers, right now Ohio State is not looking like that place for tight ends. No, and especially if they want to bring in multiple. You know, you're going to have to fight for your position there. Yeah. And if he's the number t- – eight tight end in the entire class, he has NFL aspirations. Right. So he's going to want to show numbers. I mean, sometimes you just love a school and you go there. Hopefully that's kind of what this is. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the scattering report on 247 is all about just how good this guy as a receiver, which is like kind of the exact opposite of, of what OSU generally seems to want out of their tight ends. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Rucker was also supposed to be just an athletic monster who's going to be matchup nightmare. Just a dozen. He is, though. I mean, he is, yeah. he is a matchup nightmare. He's just not getting the looks because, we, as we talk about often, you don't need a tight end to be catching the ball at Ohio State. you got a whole room full of four- right. and five-star wide receivers. Yeah. And that will continue to be the case. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? I mean, they, there's a lot of offers for tight end, high-ranking tight ends out there already. We'll see which ones OSU manages to get. All right, so that, I think that was it for all the new offers and commits from, from this week. Let's move on to our room on front page, and there's a lot of these just because it's award season for high school football as well. And as it should be, OSU's commits got a lot of awards. Mm-hmm. Um, starting out with Cam Martinez, last week reported he won M Live's Michigan Player of the Year. That was further confirmed when he won Michigan's Mr. Football, which generally, you know, every state has like a Mr. Football, and that's basically your best player of the year. Um, he won. I, I know a lot of times it doesn't though. It's kind of like a a career type of award for most people because there's a bunch of players that's won. For instance, Mr. Ohio, where the best player in Ohio didn't win it. Now I think. Well, we'll get into uh, Ohio. Just like, would you say Evan Prater, the guy I was talking about, who won Mr. Ohio uh, football this year from Cincinnati, the quarterback committed to uh, University of Cincinnati. He's an elite player, but I wouldn't say he's the best player in Ohio. I mean, that's Sawyer if you're just going off rankings alone. Did he have the best season, though? I guess that's the question, right? And I, he's, and he's going to continue to play the, quote-unquote, most important position, yeah. too. It's same thing with the Heisman. Yeah. It's supposed to be for the best college player. If you're doing that, it's hands down Chase Young. But everybody knows Joe Burrow is going to run away with it. Right. It's kind of the same thing. Well, uh, regardless, you know, he did win Michigan Mr. Football, and he got oh, the Gatorade Player of the Year for Michigan. I, I think it's irrelevant to Cam Martinez, though. I think he's the best player in Michigan. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, every, he's got every got right award. Yeah, they got it right um, from that one. 
pretty much, I mean, ran for another 2,000 yards this season, just been having a great season at, at quarterback. And so the only question for, for him, and we've been talking about this a lot, is just what position is he going to play here? Right. You know, he's got a, quite a few options, slot receiver, safety, you know, all, all types of things. Running back, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Um, moving on with the awards, Mayan Williams, he wins Ohio's D2 Co-Offensive Player of the Year. Had another solid season for Winton Woods out there. Still kind of weird to me to think of him as a commit because yeah. we were talked about for so long how he wasn't a commit. Right. Now he is. I was like, wait, don't we still need to get him up here? <laughs> yeah. <with Mom> and- <laughs> All right. And then uh, Reed Carrico, he won Ohio Division Five Defensive Player of the Year. And this one's interesting because when we did the div- the spotlight on Reed Carrico, he didn't, they, they didn't really have the defensive stats for him. Uh, so we were kind of questioning how much is he playing linebacker out there, I suppose, because he's basically, basically their full-time running back as yeah. well. But, you know, like Jake said earlier, this guy is the type of athlete at this level where he just plays every position and he can do everything. So if One he won defensive player man. of the year, I'm assuming <laughs> that he's playing a lot of linebacker and he's playing it well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on, so we had the all for the divisions, um, their, their first team, all Ohio guys, and every single OSU recruit from Ohio – made it onto their respected Division I first team, All-Ohio. Basically, so D1's All-Ohio team, Joe Royer, Paris Johnson Jr., Jacob James, Jack Sawyer, Darian Henry, Ty Hamilton, they all made first team at their position. That continued with D2 with Mayan Williams, Jaden Ballard, Jake Siebert, and then D3, same thing, Trey LaRoe, Ben Chrisman, and then finally D5, Reed Carrico. Every single one of these guys, first team in their division. Um, so that was it for, for the awards. Uh, well, not all the awards. We're going to move on to, to our next guy, and Jackson Smith and Jigbutt's a guy we've been just constantly talking about, talking about, talking about, and with his performances, it's it's warranted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he uh, he got his fifth star from Rivals, something we've been talking about a lot. Uh, Rivals, you know, a couple, three weeks ago they said, this guy's probably going to get a fifth star. We're still waiting on G. Scott to see if he gets his as well, yeah. but... He got his fifth star from Rivals during the game. During the game, yeah. Is what Ken told <laughs> us. Just they, they saw enough. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't even wait. Yeah. Just, just give it to him now. I can't wait to the end a, of the game. He had a dominant first half against uh, Power in Allen, Texas. Yeah. You know, and for him to be that dominant, what else needs to be said? Like, So hopefully the, the 247 composite will follow. Uh, like we've said so many times, the final ranking is not out yet. We got to wait for the state championship games, then we got to wait for the All American games, yeah. and then we're gonna see where everyone lands. But there's a good shot that you know him and Fleming are gonna be one and two after the season that Nigeria's had. And I think you could throw G. Scott yeah. Jr. up there as well if he continues to play like he's playing and then shows up in the All Star camp circus down there in the All-American game. Like we predicted a little last week, we may end up with three five-star wide yeah. receivers. <laughs> yeah, so Nijigba, I mean, he had another good performance in his state semifinals, 95 yards and a touchdown. And it's funny because that's such a good day, right? And, but it's like, and, that's all you could do? Yeah, <laughs> that's pedestrian yeah. for, yeah. for Jackson's Nijigba. I mean, I mean, just last week, the week before, he had 250 and six touchdowns. Yeah. So <laughs> On the season, he's got uh, – yeah. <laughs> On the season, he's got 1,876 receiving yards, which is a crazy amount. But he also has 30 touchdowns, receiving touchdowns on the year. Um, And then, obviously, he won Gatorade Player of the Year for Texas. As a former defensive back, like, I would hate to play against him, man. Because you could be playing perfect defense. He could still snag. You know, he's shown on multiple occasions just all he needs is one hand. So, I don't know what you do with him. A bunch of 
defensive backs and group therapy down there in Texas <laughs> after what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, he's he puts up numbers. He's He also returns punts and kicks for them, too. I think I saw that on the season he's got 2,500 all-purpose yards. Yeah. So not just rushing but and receiving, but also the return yards. He's just he's doing it all down there. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about Julian Fleming, uh, the other wide receiver. He was named a top three finalist for Gatorade National Player of the Year. We talked about the guys winning State Player of the Year. He's on the short list for National Player of the Year. For his season, he had 68 catches for 1,448 yards and 21 touchdowns. He's competing with Bryce Young, who's committed to Alabama, and Eric Gilbert, who's a tight end committed to LSU. That's scary. Just the fact that there's a tight end on that list makes yeah. you think maybe that's where it's going because yeah. you don't normally see tight ends as national player of the year type guys. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's sick that, you know, Julian Fleming is up there, and he recently got moved into the uh, number two spot in the right. 247 composite. I think he was sitting at number three for a while, yep. but he moved up again. I mean, yeah. can't argue with those numbers. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the final piece of news, uh, Corey Foreman, he's the number one player in 2021, according to the 247 Composite. He recently tweeted out uh, part of OSU's pitch to him, which was basically putting him and Chase Young back-to-back, saying, I mean, you're going to be the ne- next Chase Young. He retweeted himself, so obviously he is extremely interested in yeah. OSU, and, and how could you not be? Uh, all the crystal balls currently in for him are for USC, but, I yeah, mean, it's, I, I think it's wide open. Yeah, I think that's going to go up in flames, and. He's obviously interested, especially with with what uh, Chase Young is doing on the national landscape as far as numbers and all this projected number one draft pick. Ohio State, like, you have to stay. Like, you have to stay in on this guy all the way. to Even if he does end up, you got to stay on him. Because I know he was, like, one of those underclassmen that got invited to the opening this past summer. And by all accounts, even with all the defensive linemen that are five stars that are committed to Clemson, he was the best one there. And as an underclass, like, yeah, yeah I stay on this kid. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Right. I mean, I don't know. You look at Chase Young, you think about all the news that he just – like, when was the last time you really saw a defensive end with this much national hype? Fanfare I mean, type. I don't – yeah. He's like, going to be – Clowney? Maybe. I don't yeah. even think Clowney was this level. Like, I'm going to say what the hype didn't meet the subs- – well, the, the hype superseded the substance when yeah. it came to Clowney. This year, like, I wouldn't say the hype is warranted. You know, oh, the hype and substance warranted. is right there. But, yeah, maybe Clowney was probably the last. That's yeah. I think the last he's one. Gonna be, he's going to be – Chase Young is going to be in New York for that Heisman, you know, the Heisman voting most so, likely. Though. And, yeah, it's, it's hard to remember. Usually it's just offensive players. But yeah, Like, how can you – man, if you're a defensive end, uh, like, bro, like, I could be in the Heisman Trophy conversation if I go to Ohio State and get the tutelage from Larry Johnson. It's got to be a no fair or not. If you want, if if this, if Corey Foreman really wants to be a part of the Heisman talk eventually, it's going to be tough for him to do playing at USC. Oh yeah. Just because, like we talk about, sometimes those West Coast games sometimes they don't start till ten thirty or something mm-hmm. Eastern, and all the voters on the East Coast don't necessarily get to see him in live game action all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, not to derail us too much, but a couple weeks ago a story came out about. Christian McCaffrey losing votes because uh, a couple voters were like, "Yeah, we just we didn't watch any of his games. Yeah. We, were, we were asleep while he was yeah, playing. That's crazy, you know." And that that same thing could happen if if you're you know one of these high candidates. We're kind of seeing it now with with the Oregon game last night. Kevon Thibodeau ruined that game for Utah, but mm-hmm. he's not getting as much 
pub as you think somebody like that yeah. would. And it's crazy because he was the number one overall player right. in the nation, you know. And for Oregon to be able to keep him out west, and he's kind of, you know, starting to show that potential. Yep. I think he could be the next one. Not, I don't know if he could be as dominant as Chase Young, but I think he'll be that that next main defensive end uh, on the national scale in college football. So what do we say, Corey Foreman? Come east, and they'll talk about you on Get Up and ESPN yeah. and everywhere else yeah. along the way. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's it for the rumor mill and front page. That's all the news and the rumors coming out for this week. Um, moving on, who's coming to town? No one is coming to town. We got the – We're leaving town. We're yeah, we're leaving Indy. town. We're going to <laughs> Indianapolis uh, for the Big Ten championship game. I mean, even if no one's coming to town, just watching – OSU dominate again in the Big Ten Championship game is, is going to be big. I don't, know, I don't know if you guys saw this, but speaking of who's coming to town, if you're Indianapolis, Ohio State fans are coming to, down, to town. Vivid Seats put out a, st- a statistic where they, they assume or they think it's going to be 93% Ohio State fans <laughs> yeah. in the stadium. That's crazy. So basically it's a home game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Then, I mean, you can still have a recruiting pitch if you're Ohio State, even though you're not out recruiting this week like the other teams. You know, you could say something like, you know, apologize. You know, we're not like the other teams. You know, I recruit this week. We're getting ready to play for a championship. Do you like trophies? Yeah, you Come know, in. like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of the crowd, I think it was J.C. Latham. He was on the sideline for the Michigan game. Uh, on he Michigan was on Michigan side? sideline. Yeah. And afterwards, he told, I believe it was it was Bucknuts or 11 Warriors, one of these guys, that the crowd just didn't compare at, at Michigan as compared to OSU. OHIO chant going Yeah, again. I mean, when you it's, got – you know, OSU basically playing a home game in right. their biggest rival stadium. Yeah. yeah, Michigan State, it's not that intimidating once you get there. The outlier, it, it's wide and you can't keep the sound in. So it's, it's not, sunken into the ground yeah, a little bit, too. It's not as intimidating as you would think it would be if you're just sitting back from afar, just watching it on TV or something. All right, so that's for who's coming to town. We're going to go to our rival watch. There's a couple names here. Four-star strong side defense van Van Fillinger. He decommitted from Texas. I mean, Texas is kind of a mess right now, unfortunately. Yes, yeah. Just one year after, <laughs> Texas is Texas back, baby. Is back. Yeah. They are now back to the dumpster. Um, <laughs> shame for Tom Herman. This guy, he's a strong side defense, and he has an OSU offer. This is a position of need for OSU, but it doesn't look super likely that we're going to get him. But I fig- yeah. figured I should mention it anyways. Yeah. Um, I think the crystal ball has him headed to hometown. Uh, I was about to say Florida. Utah. Utah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, Utah did just get blasted in their championship game. So, once again, it's just like, man, if you're a defensive end, how could you not want to go to OSU? At right. least a little bit, right? Absolutely. And then moving on to 2021, Auburn gets a five-star defensive tackle, Lee Hunter. I don't know if OSU was even in for this guy, but anytime a five-star goes somewhere, you you want to make note of it. Yeah, I think he was 2021, class of 2021. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's Auburn. They're going to get D linemen. They That's are. what they do down there. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Minnesota, Iowa, they get a pair of you know they get a couple three star guys. I don't think OSU was in for these guys. And then finally LSU gets four star wide receiver Deion Smith. He's a top one hundred guy, so not just a four star. He's a highly rated four star. Mm-hmm. And man, L- this this class that LSU is really putting together in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one is we do talk about what's going to happen after Joe Burrow, but if LSU is just surrounds whoever it is with, all, with all all-stars <laughs> yeah. everywhere, then it's going to work out just fine for them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you get to the point where it doesn't matter who's throwing him. If you yeah. can throw to Eric Gilbert, who's just going to destroy every, every yeah. linebacker he's up against. That's been the case before, though, with LSU. They've always had the That's talent true. around. It's just 
that trigger man hasn't been a prolific enough trigger man, you know, so I think it'll be interesting. Going I think the main cog is Joe Brady, the yeah. passing game coordinator. They have to keep him down there. I don't know they're in talks to pay right. him a lot yeah. of money to stay there. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if you're, if you're a coordinator that's had so much success, just like we talked about Jeff Halfley, people have got to be in for him for a head coaching job, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think Brady's older. He's been in the NFL. He came from the Saints. So he might just be comfortable in his position right there at LSU. All right, and so that is going to do it for State Secrets recording on December 7th, 2019. Thank you guys so much for, for joining me, Jake, and Ken. Yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. One. Peace. And that was this week's State Secrets with Patrick Yen, Jake Collar, and Ken James. Tune in next week for even more Ohio State recruiting news.